All right, tell him yes if he's leading you in any direction because I know the kingdom of God is waiting to expand and the kingdom of God may be just waiting upon you to expand it. All right, love you guys. So thankful for what you do and thank you for making everything possible to reach the next generation. Thank you, Pastor Eli. If for some reason you do not have our app and, um, um, and are unable to do that on your digital device, um, you can stop by uh, the booth right there and uh, take the U card that you have in the front of your seat pocket in the back. There's an area for prayer needs. You can just write on there, hey, I would love to have a conversation, to know more about our next-gen ministries, the areas of ministry, which is nursery, kids, empowered youth, and one of us will be in contact with you. This is the heartbeat of Flag Church, guys. And so we hope that you would partner, that you would go on this journey with us. Uh, if you are a parent that feels, um, feels like you're not equipped, let me tell you, getting your feet in there, before long you'll be equipped. <laughs> You will learn, you will grow, and God will do some cool things. So we're excited. Well, we're excited to uh, get started with our new uh, message series for the fall. Uh, this is going to be a series that will run through the middle of November. And uh, this is going to be our life group series. Uh, this is what you will unpack uh, starting today, which is life group kickoff Sunday. How many of you excited to be a part of a life group? Yes. I am excited. We're launching our, our life group as well, and it's going to be an amazing, amazing fall. We are praying and believing that God is going to do something powerful in people's lives in and through life groups. And so the series is titled, Did God Really Say? Did God Really Say? And basically, the gist of this series is we're going to unpack lies and we're going to unpack truth. We're going to try to discover what truth is, and we're going to try to discover what lies are, and how these two pieces play a, a, a crucial part in our life. No matter which camp you're in, maybe you are in the camp of lies, not because you intend to be there. I think all of us are in that camp in some way or another because we uh, kind of slide into that camp out of, uh, uh, out of the deception that we'll talk about and how that has a huge impact in who we become and how it shapes our identity, how it shapes our thinking, how it forms the way we respond to things and how our mind functions and how we feel and how we see things. It's all impacted by the camp that we set in. If we are in the camp of truth, how that shifts and how there is a transformation that happens and we see differently. We see through different lenses and we have a different attitude and different perspective to life and it just changes everything. And so the whole purpose uh, through this series is to help us discover that. Because lies is real. There is a battle out there that is raging in our minds day in and day out. I'll be honest with you, this morning I was battling with that myself. It was a struggle this morning getting up to bring God's word. Because when we start talking about lies, there is a battle raging. And so we, we've got to stand on a strong foundation. And that foundation we see is found in truth. And so we start to discover where this truth is. And for us, it is God's word. And this is why we 
focus so much on the fact that foundationally we are in God's Word. And in John chapter 8, verse 32, this is going to be one of our key verses that we will use throughout this whole series. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Some versions say the truth shall set you free. The truth, which is found in God's Word, and we'll discover that, will set you free, or it will make you free. It will change you. It will transform you into a whole different person or being. And I've had some interesting conversations this past few weeks with individuals that have discovered that truth, that have seen that truth, that have been living in the lies that have been destroying them from the inside out. And they did not realize how destructive it was, even to the point of, of death. And then they realize, man, there is freedom that comes when they discover the truth. So what is truth? What is truth? So you look at the, the definition of truth found in the dictionary. The truth or, uh, is the true or actual state of a matter. Conformity with a fact or reality. A verified or indisputable fact, proposition or principle. So what we see here is an actual state or uh, uh, confirming with reality. So if I was to stand here and say today, uh, man, the Chiefs beat the Lions. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're going, come on, that is not true. Oh, I saw the game. I know the score. They didn't. I just lost half the audience. Um, you guys will win next week. I'm believing that. So you see what I mean, right? It's confirmed with reality. It's not reality that the Chiefs beat the Lions. The Lions beat the Chiefs because the Chiefs didn't show up. But, so we see that, okay? Um, should I stop? Okay, good. Wise counsel. Um, so we look at truth. What is truth? And we see this in John chapter 18, verse 38. And uh, Pilate, Pontius Pilate, is, is, is standing in front of Jesus and he asks the question of the ages What is truth? <laughs> what is truth? The amazing thing about this question from Pilate is that he was standing before the embodiment of truth. And he was asking, What is truth? He was blinded. He did not have the vision to be able to see truth who was standing right in front of him. And like Pilate, every person today is in search of truth. Most asking the same question, what is truth? And why are we asking that question? Because we are blinded to the truth. We are blinded to the truth. The challenge we face is not people asking the question, but do they really want the answer? Do they really want the answer to what truth is? Because it may not line up with what they like, or it may not line up with the way they live life. It may not line up with how they see reality to be. And it may be conflicting with how they feel and think. See, as a society, we have become more enlightened today by living in the cloud of Google and social media and all of the technology that is at our fingertips that, that, yeah, that enlighten us, that give us the answers to our questions that define what truth is. 
Two weeks ago, I had a conversation with a mom who uh, does not come here to flag, but has kids, and um, she was having this conversation with me, and she's like, man, I was getting ready to call you, and I might still do that, because my daughters are just struggling with this concept, uh, and trying to figure out what truth is, and, and, and they've been spending all this time on TikTok, figuring out what truth is. TikTok. But we laugh, but we do it ourselves. The first thing we do when we need to find something is we go to Google, right? Or AI, maybe. I've heard that there are some AI messages out there. I I haven't gone there, I promise. But um, what is truth? It is time for us to get grounded in the foundation of, of, of God's word to discover what truth is. So what is lies? Lies, a false statement made with deliberate intent to deceive. Does that scare you? (laughs) An intentional untruth. To speak falsely or utter untruth knowingly, knowingly as we intend to deceive. To deceive someone into believing something that is not true. Deception, an act or statement that misleads, hides the truth, or promotes a belief, concept, or idea. I want us to call on that word, an idea. To promote a concept, belief, or idea that is not true. Look around us today, we are holding on to many ideas that do not line up with truth, that have become our new North Star, that have become our new truth. How did we get there? And it is often done for personal gain or advantage. In other words, selfish desires to fulfill a fleshly desire that we have. So, the origin of truth and life. just want to take us on a little journey just to kind of start us off. This is an introduction, introductory message, so kind of giving you kind of an overview concepts here, and then we will di- dive deeper, uh, deeper in the next few weeks. But the origin of truth and life. So if we take this journey back to the genesis of life, back to the beginning of Genesis, we see that God said, let there be light, and there was light. And God saw that the light was good. He saw that it was good. Then we see God called the dry ground land and the water sea. And God saw that it was good. We see God starting to create things in the beginning. The land produced vegetation, all sorts of seed-bearing plants and trees with seed-bearing fruit. Their seeds produced plants and trees of the same kind, and God saw that it was good. Then God made two great lights, the greater light to govern the day and the lesser light to govern the night. He also made the stars. God set them in the, va- uh, on, uh, in the uh, vault of the uh, sky to give light to the earth, to govern the day and night, and to separate the light from darkness. 
and God saw that it was good. Then God created the great creatures of the sea and um, all of the, the birds that we see, um, each producing offspring of the same kind. And guess what? God saw that it was good. God made all the wild animals, livestock, small animals, each all able to produce offsprings of the same kind. And then we see that God saw that it was good. And then God created human beings, you and me. He created us in the image of God. In the image of God, he created them male and female and created them. And God blessed them and said, be fruitful and multiply. And what did God do? God looked at everything that he had created, everything that he had created, and he saw that it was very good. He saw it was very good. What do we see here? We make some observations here. God, he is the great architect and the creator of all things, of all things that we see around us. Every part of creation uh, was his intent, and he created it, and he said that it was good. Something else that we see here is that he is the giver of life, of all living things. All, li all living things that are a reflection of his glory, his beauty, his splendor, his wonder and greatness. Because he created all things. He's the author and creator of you and me. He's the one that formed us and shaped us. He gave us life. He breathed into our lungs the breath that we breathe, that we bring praise back to him. He is the creator. He created us in his own image and the goal of him creating us humans was so that we can experience life and that we can experience joy let me say that again so that we can experience life and we can experience joy he created all things that was good or should i say very good because he's a god of goodness He's a God of goodness. He is a good father that loves us and cares for us. And he, he gave man and woman instructions after he created them to help them win. To help them win so that they may have an experience and vibrant relationship with him, the creator, that would lead to life and to joy. So what we see here is the creator God created all things. He created you and me humans so that we may experience life. So now we see he exposes these humans to truth and life. Genesis chapter 2 verses 15 through 17. So what did he do after he did that? The Lord God placed man in the garden of Eden to tend and watch over it. But the Lord God warned him. You may freely eat the fruit of every tree in the garden, except the tree of knowledge of good and evil. If you eat its fruit, you are sure to die. You are sure 
to die. So what do we see here? God places man that he created in his image and reserved for his purpose to watch over the creation that God created. Just a little side note, not going to unpack this, but we were created to work. You and I were created to work. Just letting you know that. Um, it started in the garden. He said, you want to take care of my creation. We were created beings created to work. And when he created us, we were free from sin in a perfect relationship with God. He created us for companionship, to be in this intimate relationship with Him without the contamination of sin or evilness that we see around us. That is how He created us. But what did He do? God also warned man and gave clear instructions from the beginning of creation what God's expect, uh, expectations were. He expected humans, you and me, to be obedient and accept, uh, acceptance of his word as absolute truth. So he wants us, he wanted from creation, he wanted us to accept his word and to be obedient to his word as absolute truth. Not the truth based on my feelings or my desires but based on his word that he gives us, clear instructions. He also, uh, it was based on faith and obedience. We have principles that would govern the relationship between God and man. God gave the commandments to man to test him to see if man would do what he was asked to do. And man was given free choice to choose what he would do. If he chose to obey God's instructions, if he chose to obey the commandments of God, if he chose to obey what God was asking him to do, man would experience life and joy. But if man chose to disobey the word of God or the, or the truths or the commands that he gave him, what we see was that it would lead to death and destruction. So we see truth being introduced. We see God's word being the foundation for truth. So where did lies, how did lies and death enter into this picture? So we jump three chapters to Genesis chapter 3. Chapter 3 verse 1. The serpent was the shrewdest of all wild animals the Lord God had made. One day, he asked the woman, Did God really say you must not eat the fruit from any of the trees in the garden? First off, we've got to understand that this serpent, <laughs> he's shrewd, he's cunning, and he's deceptive. He's shrewd, he's cunning, and he's deceptive. What does he do? He asks a general question, open-ended question, not specific to a specific tree, but he asks the question, did God really say you cannot eat from any tree? Because if you remember, God said you can eat from any tree, 
right? It was an open-ended question. What was he doing? He was creating doubt. He was starting to drop the seed of doubt in the mind of woman. Did God really say? Is it possible that maybe God didn't intend it to be that way? Is it possible that maybe you read that incorrectly? Is it possible that you're seeing this a little different from how God intended it? Did God really say you cannot eat from any tree? What we've got to understand here is that there is nothing original about the devil. He has not created anything that is original. All he's done is he's taken everything that God created for good, because he's the God that created everything and said it was good, to cause destruction and hurt. So Satan takes what God created that was good and he twists it upside down and represents it in a different form so that it can turn into a destructive and ugly situation. Deceptiveness. So what did God say? Genesis chapter 2 verse 16. But the Lord God warned him, you may freely eat the fruit of every tree in the garden except the tree of knowledge of good and evil. That's what God said, verse, verse, uh, chapter 2, verse 16. But what did Satan say? <laughs> Satan comes back and he says, Did God really say you must not eat the fruit from any of the trees in the garden? He was using God's words, okay? He was using God's words and then reversing it twisting it and representing it to women and saying, did God really say you shouldn't eat from any tree? Then we see woman's response in chapter 3, verse 2 and 3. Of course we may eat fruit from the tree in the garden. The woman replied, it's only the fruit from the tree in the middle of the garden that we are not allowed to eat. God said, you must not eat it or even touch it, if you do, you will die. If you do, you will die. Real quickly, why was God so specific about not even touching it? Because he knew that once you touched it, Chances are, you're going to eat it. How many times in our life do we play with fire before we get burnt? How many times do we st step over the line and say, Oh, I'm just going to just check it out. I'm going to test the waters. I I I'm, not I'm sure it's not going to burn me. I'm just going to walk into it and just see how. I'm not going to go into the deep end. I'm just going to go into the shallow end. Satan's response. How does he respond in verse 4? You won't die. The serpent replied to the woman. A blatant lie. What did God say? You will die. What did Satan say, oh no, <laughs> you won't die. 
Who said you were going to die? I, I mean, come on. It's only a fruit. You won't die. Did God really say you shouldn't eat from any of the, tr- any of the trees? So what we see here, the origin of lies starts in the garden when Satan walks up to the woman, deceives her, tempts her, uh, uh, confuses her, and then next thing you know, he's like, oh, you're not going to die. You're all good. What was the purpose? He said you weren't going to die, but what did he really mean? He wanted her to die. He wanted to kill her. He wanted to destroy her. Because God's word says that the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Lies is the origin for our destruction. The origin for our death. It is the lies that the enemy brings that causes us to go down the path of destruction. If you just look at your life and just reflect on it for a few moments and start asking some questions, how did I get to some of the the, the situations that I'm in, the seasons that I'm in, the choices that I made, how did I make those choices, how did I, what did I do, what did I believe, and what did it lead to, chances are you will find that it began with a lie that you started to believe, that you started to play with, that you started to cross the line, and next thing you know, it led to consequences that you chose not to to have but it was there because you stepped into it that started to lead you down a path that was very destructive it's the lie what does he say after that verse 5 God knows that your eyes will be opened as soon as you eat it and you will be like God knowing both good and evil So, yes, God did say that, okay? There was a partial truth to what he said. He uses God's words again. He said, what? Your eyes will be open. And the the partial truth here is, yes, their eyes will be open to, to good and evil, but it'll also be blinded to spiritual truth. It'll be blinded to spiritual truth. And so what we see in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, Satan, who is the God of this world, has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. They are unable to see the glorious light of the good news. That is why Pilate, standing in front of Jesus, asked, what is truth? Because he was blinded to the truth. And you know what Satan said? He said, yes, you, you will be able to see. That is why God doesn't want you to eat from that fruit. But what God also knew was is if you ate from it, yes, you'll be open to see good and evil, but you'll be blinded to spiritual truth. This claim we see is what Satan tempts us with daily. But he also makes this other claim You will be like God. You will be like God. If you truly, uh, and we'll look at this next week, but as you learn, uh, start studying on Satan, what you'll find out is this is what got him kicked out of the heavenly council because he wanted to be like God. 
That was his intent from day one. He wanted to be like God. He got kicked out, and so he ended here on this earth, and now he's being destructive, but he's also tempting people to walk down that path and saying, hey, guess what? You can be like God. You get to choose. You get to decide. You get to pick what you get to do. You become your own God by picking and choosing what truth is, what, what you choose to do in life and how you, how you choose to live your life. What this does, it disconnects and dethrones us from his kingdom. It disconnects us and it dethrones us from the kingdom of God, which is what happened to Satan. See, when we take the role of defining truth that does not line up with the truth found in God's word, which is the absolute truth, when we start doing that for our own benefit, our own comfort, our own desires, our own beliefs and happiness, we become like God. We become our own gods. And God's word defines that as false gods. And you know what Satan's trying to do? He's trying to create false gods within us that we get to define what truth is. Flag Church, we don't have the authority to do that. We are created beings, not the creator. We were created to be vessels of the creator, not the creator himself. So what do we see here? The seed of lies and deception has been planted in the heart of man. Genesis chapter 3 verse 6, the woman was convinced. She was convinced. She saw that the tree was good. Uh, Sorry, she saw that the tree was beautiful and its fruit looked delicious. And she wanted the wisdom that it would give her. So she took some of the fruit, ate it. Then she gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it too. What happened? Deception, lies, trickery, and now she was convinced. She was convinced of a new truth. She was convinced and certain that this was the direction. What happened? She started to believe a lie. And guess what happened? Because she believed a lie, the fruit looked very tempting. It looked very appetizing. Very inviting. What are some things in your life today are very tempting, appetizing, and inviting, but you know they're not from God because they're a lie that the enemy has made truth. She wanted the wisdom of the created world over the wisdom of God. She was going after the wisdom of the created world because she thought she could outsmart, she could be smarter, she could be her own God, she could make her own decisions. She wanted to be independent, to have freedom to choose, not be restricted, just to be able to do whatever she wanted to so that she could enjoy life. What did she do? She acted on her desires. Fleshly desires. And it led to death. Fleshly desires. Lies. Fleshly desires. 
leading to death. But here's the crazy thing. She also shared her newfound truth with others. Her newfound lies with others. Hey, you should give this a shot. It's really good. You should try this. It's okay. It's all good. You have the freedom to choose. You're your you're 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 your own being. You're independent. You can, you can decide for yourself. A lie that she shared. So this morning, what lies are you believing? What lies have you started to make truth for you? What lies are starting to convince you to act and to take action that are becoming your new truth, your new North Star? What false truths have become absolute truth in your life? Do you see clearly this morning? Or are you blinded? Are you blinded to the truth? Now you may be sitting here going, well, but how do I know? I mean, look at the woman. How, I mean, what if? What if? How do I, how do I know? Well, let me tell you. Jesus said... I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. I am the way. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. The truth and the life. So how do you redefine what truth is? How do you find out what truth is? How do you try to figure out, you know what? Maybe I'm off course. Maybe I'm off track. I need to get back on the right track. How do you do that? You do that by going back to Jesus. You do that by going back to Him and spending time with Him. You do that by going to Him and spending time in His Word. You do that by going back to Him and the people that He created that are in His will. So you spend time with Him. You spend time in His Word. You spend time with people that know Him and love Him. And then what you start to look at and see is that, man, this thing, does it line up with what He's telling me? Does it line up with, the? oh, it's not. Maybe I need to throw this truth out because that's a lie. This way of life, man, oh man, that doesn't look like how the people of God are living. Is that, let me look at God's word. What does it say? Oh, oh man, I've started to believe a lie. It's time for me to pull that out and throw it away and start redefining it with truth. It's a process. Being transformed by the renewing of your mind. You know what that means? taking the lies that the enemy has planted in your mind and letting the power of God bring transforming power, the transforming power of God to start changing your mind. So this morning, Flag Church, I want to give you that opportunity. Maybe you're in this room this morning. If you'd stand with me at this time. Maybe you're in this room this morning and you're like, man, you know what? I know I'm not all there. I know there are things that have shifted. I know that I'm kind of sliding. Or maybe you are positive. Man, I am off the deep end. My life is off track this morning. Either way, if you are maybe thinking you might be there or you know for sure, let's not play with fire. <laughs> let's be sure. 
Let's realign with the truth. Let's stand on a solid rock, on the solid foundation. Let's stand on on the gift of God's grace and mercy and and ask for Him to come and to to cleanse us and purify us and transform us into the, the image of Christ. So if that's you this morning, with every eye closed and every head bowed, I just want to give you an opportunity this morning just to respond by saying, you know what, maybe I've kind of slipped down the wrong path. Oh, man, I know I've slipped down the wrong path. And you know what, God is inviting you back because He wants to redefine truth in your life. That's you. I want to give you an opportunity this morning to respond by just raising your hand and saying, you know what, that might be me. Would you just pray for me? Yeah, I see that hand. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. You can, anyone else? Yes. Thank you, Jesus. Anyone else? If you're like, man, you know what? I'm not sure. Anyone else? Yes, you can put your hands down. Lord Jesus, I thank you. I thank you for who you are. I thank you for the fact that your Holy Spirit is speaking to people right now. Father, I pray for these that have raised their hands. Lord Jesus, I pray that you would just meet them right now where they are. Father, I pray that you would guard their hearts and their minds, Lord. I pray that you would bring them supernatural revelation of your love and your grace and your mercy, Lord. Father, but also I pray that you would start to teach them, Lord, your truths, Father. I pray that you would, Holy Spirit, that you would even at this very moment start to reveal to them areas of their life that are not in alignment with you. And I pray that you would uh, give them the answers, Lord. I pray that you would uh, give them the courage to speak to one of us, to speak to some friends that are in love with you, to, uh, to join a community that they can do life with, that they could spend time in your word, Lord, and that they could start to, uh, to see what you want them to see, a revelation from you of your truth. Because your word says, when when you know the truth, the truth will set you free. And so we pray freedom over these individuals. And I pray that you would bless them this morning as they have taken this first step of surrendering and coming to you for help. Holy Spirit, I ask that you would embrace them and draw them close to you. We ask this in Jesus' mighty name. And all God's people said, Amen, amen. Hey guys, we're going to wrap up service this morning by doing something a little different that we haven't done before. Um, today is the kickoff of life groups, and we've got life group leaders here in the room. And I'm going to ask you life group leaders to step out and make your way to the front at this time. If you are a